You are listening to the podcast of Ice and Fire, episode 127 for the week of December 8th, 2013. Welcome back, everybody, to the award-winning, longest-running podcast dedicated to George R.R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire series, and sometimes HBO's Game of Thrones. Um, as always, this is Amin, and this is Kyle. So it's just the two of us guys today. We don't have any guests. Nobody wanted to join us. Everybody's away on holiday vacations. And... Well, it's one of those last-minute recordings. It's hard to get a guest that's yeah. at least read the chapters. If it was the TV show, it would be easier. True. Would have... <laughs> I'm not supposed to tell them it's a last-minute recording. We had this planned for days. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they'll appreciate that we're willing to do this just to pop there we go. and do it for them. So Absolutely. Uh, so you got any holiday plans, I mean? Not really. Just taking it easy, you know. Oh, that's a that's a good plan. Yeah, getting getting warm again because I was visiting cold area of Canada last week while I was reading the Princess wait, and the Queen. Wait, there's a warm area of Canada? Well, there's differential areas. This place was minus fifty one. Feels like minus fifty one. So. Oh, oh, well, we're talking Celsius here. Yeah, Celsius. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, my was god. Cold. But what was warming me up at the time is was reading Princess and the Queen. For Asian women. Oh, Princess and the Queen. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, have you read Princess and the Queen? I haven't had a chance to yet, but I've been hearing really good things. Yep, I've read it, and I mean, overall the fandom's been pretty happy with it. I mean, it's it's a little bit different in style because it's not his usual like chapter character-based thing. It's just like a history, historic mm. text. I hear it's different in style because he just gets right to the action. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it's efficient the way he wrote it. I mean, he just wanted, basically gave us a huge information dump, but in an exciting way. I know, I've been, uh, I'm, I'm pretty... Uh, present on our twitter account and i've just been getting like little 140 character descriptions like oh my god the dragons mm. oh my god the deaths oh my god this and i'm like oh i need to read this so you enjoyed it huh yeah pretty good and it's the only thing i've read so far in dangerous women like most people I just bought it for george's work but okay. i will hopefully read some of the other things in there as well yeah i know when um the last one came out the last duncan egg no- uh novella um, I picked it up with all just intentions of reading that, but I ended up, you know, reading some of the other stories. And there's lots of good stuff in those anthologies, so definitely worth checking out. But I guess we're confirmed that we we will be covering it on the in the podcast. Oh yes, I uh, I I know as soon as I read it, I'm going to want to talk about it. So awesome. Um, most likely, what do you think when the holidays are over? Do you think we'll do it before? Or what's your guess? I thought if we could get it recorded in December it would be good, like sometime. And then, I mean, editing might take a while if it's one of our big ones. But like okay. this month, this month would be good. Mm. Well, there we go. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys will get that. It'll be a yeah. Christmas present. Maybe yeah. that'll be with the filks and stuff. Yeah. Oh, that would be. A, I think we'll have to chop that in half. Otherwise, <laughs> unless we're looking for a new record and length. <laughs> nice. Have we been getting uh, filk submissions? Oh yeah, we've been getting them on the forum, and then Jed, our podcast bar, has been sending like daily emails, basically with another nice. song. So they are looking to redo the um, the group sing along that I uh, ha- that I half asked last year, right? <laughs> oh yeah, and I think Lady Gray, I think, is is fixing the lyrics a bit. So okay, yeah, um, yeah. So if you guys are listening and you want to, if you're too afraid to do your own song or you don't think you're up to it. Um, uh, some of our listeners on our forum are putting together a group sing. So um, we've got a, a YouTube track to uh, which which do you know which song it is? Is it Let It Snow? 
Uh, you, you mean the one that's like all of us singing together? Yes. So that's uh, We Wish You a Merry Christmas, right? Oh, yes. We wish George would finish writing. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so if you guys want to be part of that, please go on the forums, um, check out that, sing along to the – just record yourself singing along to the, the YouTube soundtrack that is posted on the forum. And uh, they're going to take them and uh, – one of our listeners are going to take them and put them all together and – we're going to have like a kind of a houseman Woody sing along to that song. So um, much better than the version that I did in two seconds last year. So yeah, go on the forum, check that out. Thanks to everyone who's working on it, but an official thanks to Lady Grey, who, who I say is basically the Jessica of the, of the song project. Mm. So yeah, they, a lot there. it's, it's, it's great that they're so, um, they're so into it. And, uh, I love it. I, it's so much fun. I love the filks. So I'm 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 recording a, uh, one or two things. So uh, and I hope to take part in that group sing along too. Awesome. Yeah. I, I wasn't planning to mention this at the start since we're already talking about the songs. I guess we can mention kind of related that the whole subculture going on. Pod's plight has uh, drawn uh, a bunch of a podcast of ice and fire theories in artistic form and just released it today. Have you seen that? I did. It was pretty funny. It was, it was fun. <laughs> well, your theory, laugh. your Doran Martel theory, is like right in the middle. Well, it's front and center. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Awful we'll have to post that picture for yeah. everybody to look at. Yeah. But I had a good laugh looking at that one. Cool. Yes. Any news or anything? I mean, a uh, couple of things. I guess I'll mention at the end of the episode. What a tease. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, should we just jump right into the chapter recap then? Sure. Let's do that. Okay, our first chapter is Caitlin. Oh, what number is it? Let's see, I think it's Caitlin six. For the first time in our recording history, I do not have Tower of the Hand open on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin six in Classic Kings. Mm-hmm. So in this chapter, she's pretty much chilling at River Run. And yeah. Edmure, uh, her and her and uh, Brienne, and Edmure goes out to take position and hold back the Lannister armies from crossing the river. And um, it's just kind of her sort of hanging out in the castle and sort of watching that happen and hearing about that happening and uh, wondering what's going on. She treat, she talks a bit with uh, Cleos Frey, who gives the demands uh, from, from the Lannisters to give up Sansa and Arya for, or, excuse me, to exchange Sansa and Arya for the Kingslayer, and um, she does some reminiscing about the past, and, uh, yeah, that's uh, it's pretty much what happens in this chapter. This is, this is the, this is a chapter we so often talk about when we talk about military, military strategies, and how was it right that Edmure held the, held the fort, should Rob have told him not to, should, um, and this chapter seems to come up so often in our discussions about Rob and, and military strategies in A Song of Ice and Fire. So here it is. We are on that chapter. And you're the big military strategist, I mean, so. Well, I think this chapter sh- kind of shows, from the point of the Riverlanders anyways, they seem to be doing the right thing. All of Edmure's lords are supporting him in defending their territory and not letting Tywin go in there. So from their point of view, they did the right thing. Hmm. I don't know if you agree with me, but I think I feel like more and more sympathetic to Edmure over time. I mean, he couldn't have known better. He wasn't told their, their plans. So how is he supposed to predict what Rob wanted? Hmm. But he was told to stay, right? He was told to, to hold River Run. But it, it, when you look at it from the Riverlanders' perspective, that includes all the territory there. And they'd already been beaten once and been, been, and been sieged at River Run, so maybe they didn't want to be 
caught there again. Like, and everybody was agreeing with him. Even the guy, like the old guy in the castle, was agreeing with Edmure. Like, they're all on board there. So, unless they were specifically told to to have to do a larger plan to let him go by, they couldn't have really predicted it. Yeah, and we've been over that a million times. Yeah, feeling that and everything. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, but he did it, and uh, it's funny because when we talk about it, I, I always remember it just kind of being like the mountain comes and, and mm. fights his way, but it's actually a series of battles. They kind of like, it's Tywin sort of, you know, just sending out like little little pricks here and there to kind of test the defenses and everything. And then a couple times he, he sends a whole bunch of forces. And um, I don't know, it is pretty impressive that Edmure is able to hold him back. I mean, I know reading this chapter, I was like, yeah, yeah, they did it. It's awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I got to say, when Rob comes back later in Storm of Swords and he's like, what were you doing? What were you thinking? How could you do that? I'm like, Rob, you douchebag. Like, they won this victory. They were doing so good. They were fighting for their land. And um, this chapter really makes me err on uh, on, uh, on Edmure's side. Yeah. It also yes. shows off uh, Brienne's, uh, you know, strategic thinking and stuff because she kind of predicts, like, how Tywin's going to move. So it shows that her abilities as well, which is cool. Actually, in terms of Brienne, too, we find out that her dad is, is basically a pimp. Like, he's got all these ladies at a different point of the year. <laughs> Caitlin's like, those are not real ladies. Yeah, those aren't ladies. <laughs> They've got feathered hats. Mm. <laughs> and he brings them in from overseas, too. He's got, like, women coming in from overseas, apparently. So, But he seems like a good dad. I mean, he, he had her trained and everything. So. Yeah, what was her family life like? Was her mother around? I think her mother passed away. Let's see, because she mentions that her mom died. She never knew her mother. Yeah, so she, so I guess she grew up like that, just with her dad and like all those women. Okay, and she she had siblings. Well, she's the heir. I don't so, like if, if she had siblings, it would be female. But I think sisters. she's only child. Mm. Yeah, because that's why she's always talking about like she wishes she could have been a son for her father. So if her father doesn't have a, a living son. I find it interesting that um, Caitlin, she's talking about um, Brandon and and Littlefinger and her dad mm. and how she had two older brothers that died in infancy, mm. um, which I completely didn't remember. And then she goes on to say, and then she was born and she was kind of she was everything to her dad. And then um, and then Edmure was born, and then her mom died, and she never mentions. The fact that Lysa was born too. Yeah, I, I kind of had to chuckle when I was when she was remembering the past. Yeah, and, and she, she completely knows, leaves out her wait, sister. I was my uh, father's favorite. She just kind of just says it. I was father's favorite. Like not mm. even just straight up. <laughs> <laughs> she completely for she, not forgets, but completely doesn't mention her sister. And I'm like, wow, well, that's terrible. <laughs> it's like I was born, then my brother was born, then my mom died. Oh, and I had another sister in there somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. But <laughs> I guess in terms of succession, it wasn't important because it was either her or the son. Yeah, I guess that's that's where she's coming from in that. But it does it does sort of show their relationship, maybe like another like Lysa's boys always kind of forgot. Like she wasn't even paying attention to what, what was going on with Lysa and Littlefinger. Mm. Like she was focused on her duty and what was coming up. That Lysa was maybe a little neglect, like the, the the neglected sister, you know, yeah. it's just the relationship, but. But in fact, she's kind of like Brienne then, and, and, and like they were both for a while their father's heir, and, and she was raised to be both lord and lady early on. That's part of the why she has all this diplomatic training and things like that, maybe mm. more than the usual female the noble. And she's thinking about the shadows that she saw with Stannis, and even even in her dreams, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, and she she feels like the old um, was it the old maester? Yeah, 
would have would have actually listened to her. And, and the old section is crazy. As well. Yeah, but they're all dead. Like, oh, it's all like the next generation is here. She also uh, thinks about uh, John a bit in this chapter, the idea of Shara Dane being his mother, which had been mentioned before. But I'm wondering maybe that maybe that's one of the reasons she's kind of worried about John because John could be you know highborn on both sides, like more of a threat than if, if he was lowborn. True. So that was interesting. Yeah, she really doesn't know. It's interesting to hear. She's like, if he really is a Shara's Dane son, well, she's dead, so he, she's not mourning about him. Mm. Um, she really has no clue whatsoever. Yeah, and that's gone. <laughs> This is something we've seen a few times in the books. Like she talks about when she was younger, one of these lords, Brax, was trying to uh, set up a marriage pairing, I think, with Lysa. So it seemed like there was a lot of potential marriage alliances in the past generation between Riverlands and the West, which kind of makes sense. They're in the same area. And they were trying to build connections there, but failed, unfortunately. I get this sense that Lysa was very much... uh well, like most, you know, second-born daughters in that land, but she was just kind of tossed around. She was like, oh, maybe I'll marry this guy, and then, oh, this guy, and this guy. Whereas, whereas Caitlin was very much like, oh, we're going to have an alliance with the Starks in the North and everything. Lysa was just getting thrown from, like, guy to guy to guy, and it's uh, probably why she took comfort in Littlefinger, just kind of. It's um, just too bad she didn't go with Jamie, though. That would have been nice for her. Was she almost paired up with Jamie? I think she was on track to be paired with Jamie, and then... Um, Jamie went to the Kingsguard and stuff. Do you think it would have been good for her to go with Jamie? I think it, it would have been good, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean she Jamie... never wanted to have sex, pretty much. <laughs> well, I mean, like, but she did like having kids, and I think that she would have had a better chance having kids with Jamie. Yeah, but Jamie would have never touched her. Well, he would have done enough just to get her pregnant. You think so? Yeah. He probably, he probably would have, like, hired some male prostitute. No, but he, if, if he got away her. from Cersei, too, I mean, Cersei's the one who trapped him in the Kingsguard. Like, if he got away, he might have gotten over her and... Yeah, but he joined the Kingsguard because he was so passionately in love with his sister. Yeah, so it was, but I mean, it was his sister that that got him to join the Kingsguard. He didn't think of that himself, really. It was her yeah. with the idea. But he, but he would have, nah, he would never sleep with Lysa. He would have never done it. Oh, he would have, he would have done it. I think, like if he was separated from her. Isn't isn't there a line somewhere where he says he never touched another woman? Yeah, but he's in the Kingsguard, so he like it's not like he, <laughs> not, he was never married. Like if he's married, he has to do his duty. Tywin would have said it, and he would have just lowered his head and followed him. It wasn't until like lately that he defied Tywin. I don't know. Oh, interesting. I just picture him not interested in sleeping with anyone that isn't his twin. Mm. Before Brienne, of course. Well, even when he when he had I mean, he had visited as as a kid to uh, River Run, and then they were trying to set Lysa beside him at dinner. And he was kind of like ignoring her and just like talking with a blackfish. But he said like he found Caitlin more interesting than Lysa at the time. So he, I mean, he was he was a young boy and he was still open to seeing other people. I don't think he was set on us on Cersei. Okay, hundred percent. Right. But yeah, it's interesting. Kind of what if, I guess. What if? <laughs> so as you mentioned during the course of the chapter, she goes to talk with Cleos and actually has him uh, drunk first and wine to him. To loosen his tongue. To loosen his tongue. Smart. And she sews the steel as well when he's about to lie to her. He's like, oh, you lie. Well, I'll have you hanging beside the walls. Jesus. (laughs) From the walls. Poor Cleo Spray. Yeah. Just gets bumped around left and right. Yeah, and she's like, a grandson of Walder Frey wouldn't be an oathbreaker unless it served his purpose, she thought in her head. (laughs) So... But even here, she she sees that, that it's 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 a dumb trade to trade uh, the two girls for Jamie. But she that. Oh yeah, she knows. Yeah, she knows. Another thing that I've, I've been doing lately, because I'm thinking about actually running an article, is on the uh, the different singers in the books. 
So uh, I've been keeping an eye out on, for singers in different chapters, and there's Ryman the Rhymer here who makes a song about Oxcross, and he's singing all the time. So that was pretty cool. Ryman the Rhymer. Yeah, they have Howling as part of the song. Yeah, I was wondering, I was reading it, I was like, oh, the last of Darius 10, the Red Beneath, so that's Oxcross. Okay. Mm. Yeah, and then you get your Edmure doesn't like the singers. Like brought up again. Oh, yeah, he hates those guys. And we do get mentioned also in here that um, Rob is on his way to the seat of the Westerlings, mm. which, of course, we know has extreme significance to the story. Yeah. Anything else in this chapter? Just, uh, I guess, as you mentioned, Gregor Clegane is a, is a big danger, and his boys, they were the ones that actually made it across the river and were almost made it there before they fought off. And it's too bad that Gregor didn't die. Right down in there. <laughs> well, then we wouldn't get a, got our the awesome fight scene in book three. Mm-hmm. And Edmure's like, they shall not cross. Like, they shall not cross. It's like the Gandalf reference, but it turned out bad. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out he should have let them cross. Yeah. Nice. Or I mean, even if he had failed somehow, but I guess it, it, without dying, you know, like failed and then retreated into the city, hmm. would have worked out better. Um, if they just utterly failed and all died, well, that wasn't that good. But uh, uh, everyone's happy about it. But then Caitlin goes and looks at the map and sees that they're heading south, uh, east, and she's wondering why and feels worried about it because they basically, well, she doesn't know, but they're going to hook up with the Tyrells and march to King's Landing. Yeah, it was that delay that allowed them to get the letter. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I think that's about it. That's all I have written down on here. Yeah. It was a good chapter. I mean, it was good seeing Into the Mind of Caitlin again. Uh, and Heart of Duty and that kind of thing. Good seeing Into the Mind of Caitlin. What? That's a first. I thought I'd never hear you say that. <laughs> Do we dislike Caitlin chapters? No. Yeah. Good stuff usually happens. I just wish I wasn't seeing it through her eyes. Oh, do you know what we don't get is a description of the food for once so during dinner. It's like nothing. Just, there's no food? No food description? Yeah, she's no, preoccupied. Just like, there's things. like gravy and it doesn't talk just like multiple courses. It's gravy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so moving on from the Caitlin chapter, we go to Bran. Bran, do you know the number? I think it's six as well. Let's see. Bran. We're just making this up now. <laughs> <laughs> Bran six, possibly? Yep. And let's see, in this chapter, we start off with a wolf dream. Mm. Uh, he's just running around, he's at a gate, he's trying to fight his way through the gate, he's remembering Ghost. And then he wakes up to find that Theon Greyjoy has taken Winterfell. So Theon uh, instructs Bran to announce that he has given Winterfell over to Prince Theon. And there's a show in the square where they gather all the, the few people who were left in Winterfell together. Micken says he never wants it. They end up killing Micken. And, um, and Theon has Winterfell now. Oh, hello? Yeah, I'm here. It's just a lawnmower. Just, just, just wait for a second while the weed rocker. Yeah, it's a lawnmower now. Exactly. So. Let's continue. So you just summarized the chapter. Yeah. And we're continuing here. Quick mention at the start. Just, yeah, it took me a couple of reads of the uh, the Wolf's Dream to kind of get what was going on. I was kind of well. Please tell me because I never have yeah. any idea what's going on in his Wolf Dream. Yeah. Well, basically, they're they're seeing the guys climbing up the wall. They're coming in like sneaking into the uh, Winterfell, and then they're trying to get to them, but they're stuck in the Goswood. So he actually has has like Summer try to climb the tree to get up there, and, and he fails and falls down. 
Oh, so they're stuck in the godswood, and there's a yeah. there's a there's a gate, there's a wrought iron gate that separates the yeah, godswood. Yeah, there's a gate blocking and, uh, the way to get, I guess, to warn people or to attack the people there. But if if Summer had managed to climb up and get up, get past there, then he might have ambushed the guys coming over the wall. Okay, that, that could change things. But I mean, it's kind of faded to fall. Oh yeah, if they came, if the wolves came out, they could have, yeah. they could have, they could have beat the whole. Yeah. Greyjoy army. The only, first of all, they only send a few of the people to like open the gates. If those guys get killed and there's noise, then they'll wake up and see the rest of them. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting what if, but I mean, hey, that, that's prophecy. It was fated. They had to take it and Ail Bailey exactly. had to die and Mickon had to die. Exactly. You can't but, fight prophecy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not in George's world. It'll happen one way or the other. Yeah. So that's why they came in. They took the city, and it actually related to the last chapter. It was interesting because you know Sir Roderick had left and taken all the men, and Lewin is saying they left only like the old guys and not enough of garrison. Caitlin herself thinks about that in the previous chapter in River Run, how they barely left the garrison to hold the place, and it seems like she would have left more people there. So if you go back to our like, if Caitlin had been around, she probably would have kept more people in Winterfell and held on to it, making the whole feathered hat impossible. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and we can't have that. Well, maybe it's prophecy. The feather hat is just part of the prophecy. Then it would happen. And there shall be a feather in her hat. And there shall be. <laughs> um, so what else have we got in this chapter? So, uh, it's well, we so... Have, uh, Reek. It's, oh, yeah, we got Reek, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so Reek is imprisoned in Winterfell. So who caught... Cassell caught him earlier, right? Yeah, and they they shot who they thought was actually uh, Ramsay, but it was the other way around. And they yes. kept him as a witness. Uh, they almost were tempted to kill him, but they're like, oh, let's keep him as a witness, which sucks. <laughs> yeah, because that was what happened. They killed the real Reek, and then Ramsay was like, oh, shit, I'm not going to get out of this life. So he, yeah. so fact, he took... That's why he switched in purpose. He, he knew he was going to be killed, so he switched to try to get off as being just like the accomplice. He exactly. He changed clothes with him, so... Exactly. Yeah. So then, then Theon is like, "Oh, you're in prison, but let's let you free your trust with really. <laughs> I know. And then, oh, this Bolton guy. Yeah. He's like, he convinces Theon that he needs more men, and then he pledges his loyalty, even though that means absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's gonna go capture his men and take take over the place. It's uh, he's so conniving, that little sucker. And, but Osha does the same thing, but but uh, and Bran feels bad about it. But she's actually doing a smart thing: is try to get into Theon's trust. Yes. Trying to get his uh, swear loyalty to him. So. That do works. you do you think do you think the Stark kids were? Uh, do you think they thought she was really turning sides, or? Bran did because he's he's like hurt. He's like I thought you were a friend or something, and he was hurt. So initially he thought she was, but all the better. I mean, if she's playing the role. Oh yeah. To hide it. I mean, that's what you do. You, you just survive. Yeah. I'm impressed they, they they took her. I mean, like, well, I mean, she need the guy in the crotch and did that. But the Ironborn, I guess, can respect women like that are strong enough to hold for themselves. Like, because in a different kind of culture, they might have still not taken yeah. her. So that was interesting. And, and she's got a convincing reason. I mean, yeah. I tried to kill the Starks and they imprisoned me and they turned put me into this kitchen wench and yeah. yeah. Gage, <laughs> I had my full of him and he's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but then we have Micken. Now, Micken is he is a blacksmith. Uh, Micken, yeah, he's the one who made the needle. For example. Okay, yeah. so Micken, the blacksmith, um, is not having it, and yeah. he ends up getting a spear through the back of the neck because of it. Yeah, and drowns in his blood, which I think was probably in Bran's dream. I guess if he's mentioning that. Mm. So, 
He's just <laughs> well, they like the Starks, right? They're loyal to the Starks. But yeah. so you learn like, uh, like, oh shit, maybe it's better to pretend to be serving the enemy and then strike back mm. rather than just getting killed. And this is the start of just stark depression like all the stark loyalists just start dying from here on out i feel like every single brand chapter we get from here on out like a, a stark loyalist is gonna die <laughs> um because cassell comes back and he he gets it and lewin and everyone all of winterfell and oh it's just a heartbreak from here on out and just to watch theon just fall further and further into this hole he dug himself yeah, and you're right, from, from the last chapter, because, I mean, the last chapter, Caitlin's like, we've won all these battles, but why do I feel bad? And then this is the turning point where they start losing. Important bat- and this was the one that broke Rob, was losing Winterfell. It was a huge blow. So, so the only raven that Maester Lewin was able to get out was to White Harbor. Yeah, got one out. Yeah, they got one to White Harbor. So, so where does that play out later in the books? Remind me. Well... They, I mean, White Harbor does send some forces to join up with Roderick when, when he comes back to retake it. So maybe they told Roderick exactly what happened. Um, I mean, he would have figured out eventually what happened. Okay. But. So that's what happened. Some some of um, Manderley's forces join, yeah. join the Which, Star I mean, Coast. they might have come anyways, even if, if Roderick asked for him. It basically says that like, Winterfell has fallen to the Ironborn. Mm. But, I mean, Roderick was coming back anyways, I guess, like... But see, because in the show they have they, they get Roderick because apparently I don't know what happened to his army. He just comes back alone. And they grab him. So. <laughs> <laughs> the whole point in the here is that they, they they took away he took he took like all everybody with him like six hundred men and plus another three hundred yeah. like drained the whole area and took them. But the bird goes went to White Harbor. I guess they find out what happened earlier than expected. They like for example they they won't send like somebody alone to Winterfell anymore. They won't like they'll send a force. They like because like for example the Reeds were there and they got caught right. So if you don't know what happened to Winterfell and you're like sending like your heir to like swear loyalty it would be bad. So they knew that. Give him a little bit more time to marshal their forces. Gotcha. I got a kick out in this chapter of the little Walder mm. who's like, hey, hey, Bran, you got captured. I pictured Nelson from The Simpsons. Hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> and then Jojen's like, uh, you got captured too. Yeah, he's such a douche. <laughs> I, think, I think Little Walder is, is the bad one that gets killed later. I yeah, think. Little Walder's the big punk. Yeah. yeah, but um, <laughs> but then we find out that they sort of side up with Theon anyway. So I mean, it's not quite the same, but yeah, he's such oh, he's just that punk kid you hate yeah. in high school. Oh, yeah, because he doesn't know the, the danger to himself too, right? As they said, he's just like <laughs> he's a dumbass. He's just a goon, frog eater. They have that that problem with the reeds too. Yep, they the phrase problem with them. Slang. We had a funny um. We had a funny line for you Skyrim players, but when Reek's telling his story, he says, I was in service to the bastard of the Dreadfort till the Starks gave him an arrow in the back for a wedding gift. Mm. And all I could think of was, oh, he took an arrow to the knee. <laughs> that's kind of the... Inside joke, I guess. For that's the... sorry. Oh, you don't know? Have you ever played Skyrim? Oh, I haven't played Skyrim. Oh, well, that's a big joke with Skyrim. Cool. Took an arrow to the knee. <laughs> I was going to save Westeros, but I took an arrow to the knee. So. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Theon seems a bit overconfident with him right and right himself. He's like, "Oh yeah, we're going to take Torrin Square and all of that." But when is he not overconfident? Yeah, they did use Dagmar's reputation to their advantage. I mean, everyone's like, "Oh, Dagmar's attacking Torrin Square." Like, if we're talking about military tactics, I mean, yeah, yes, Roderick had to relieve the city or the fort more likely, but they're not going to be. Able to, they're ironborn. They don't have siege weapons. It's not like they have to run over there at full speed. 
with everybody. Mm. I think this is was the first of his two mistakes. One is forgivable. This mistake is bad. But then the second was just trusting the Boltons coming in, just like without at least having some wariness. So you've already been taken by surprise once, and that so Roderick lost the North. He's just a mess. He's full of mistakes. One of the guys just lived, lived a little bit too long. But I mean, then again, if you had some young, brash fool, probably made a mistake as well. Like, mm. you didn't want that. But. I love Dagmare's description when Bran's like, uh, I was told that he was in a battle and someone split his head in half and he just yeah. pushed it back together and held it till it healed. <laughs> yeah. It's such an awesome, like, if you think you're, and it happens to your enemy, like, that's frightening. Yeah. That's what well, that was part of their advantage was when when they're like oh with the Stagmar we have to go in out and force and deal with them. <laughs> and but it, yeah, it's a twist of of the tale, right? He got hit in the jaw, but it's an old Nan's tale. And old Nan is here as well. She's shocked. Let's see the. Is she? I didn't even notice her. She's just like her. She's always like she always does. She's just like shocked. Her mouth opens and closed. She's like. Oh. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> Reminds me of my grandma. Oh, I wouldn't say anything. Oh. <laughs> Grandma, you catch some flies. Close that thing. Yeah, so Brown yields the castle, which is the smart thing to do. There's no point in getting everybody killed. Yeah, what's the point? If he doesn't yield it, he's yeah. just going to get the same result, right? But people yeah. may die. So, so if, we're, if we're talking about what ifs, like in terms of, like, I mean, what Asha said they should have done is just taken Bran and Rickon as hostages and left rather than try to hold it, which is, I guess, the smarter route because you get them as hostages and then you don't have to actually hold the, the city. Hmm. That's true, but Theon's ego would not let that be. But yes, uh, would that have been better? I'm, I'm trying to think all the way through. It's so hard to think of every single thing that yeah. would change. Um, well, holding them as, ho- as hostages would have been useful. They could have done something with them. Like, yeah. Here's the interesting thing, though. Like initially, I had thought that he had overstretched what they planned to do, but I think earlier on, Balon's like, you know, eventually we'll take Winterfell, which is kind of dumb. So even Balon was thinking like, yeah, you know, Winterfell may defy us for a year, but we'll take that. You're not going to be a hold those territories. You don't have the numbers to do it. You're not like an in- inlander force. Mm. So he actually did what it, what his father wanted to do eventually, but he just didn't get any support. It's all about timing. Yeah. But if you take the two lords hostage and then and let's say like Rob and the rest die, then, then there you go. Like you can technically have like Asha marry like Rickon when he grows up. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You could. There's, right? a, there's then, a pairing. Yeah. That would be your pawn, and then, then would give you like the blood tie to bring over some of the lords. <laughs> I love it. Well, Theon, I think, was hoping to get Sansa. I think at some point he's like, he hoped. Oh, Sansa I bet, I bet he was. Yeah. Then he could have used that as a blood tie. But I mean, I, I mean, that would have worked. I guess Asha Rickon just would have taken 15 years. Mm. To, I guess the age difference. Bran would have worked closer. But the problem is we don't know if Bran can have kids. So. Oh, true. We don't. That is true. Yeah, but if he could, he'd be actually the ideal puppet because he can't even move. Like he, she, she could control him, right? Mm. Like I guess, in, uh, and and within ten years they could get married, even less. Well, he, well he'd be like uh, the guy in High Garden, right? Yeah. Or he'd be Doran Martell. Yeah. Yeah. Blood but it would gets... be like a useful, like she could control him. So. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see if we have anything else. I think that's mainly what I had on the chapter. Yeah, uh, that's good for me. That's um, that one seemed pretty straightforward. Uh, Theon takes a castle. Yeah. <laughs> like it was kind of short. It was a short chapter. It was a short chapter to the, to the point as well. It's just in the in the least flashy way, he just takes Winterfell. Done. Yeah. Scene. Cool. I mean, we're we're getting into the the heart of Clash of Kings now. Things are going to be picking up speed. 
How many years has it taken us? Quite a few, I think. <laughs> we're, we're doing it before season two came out. I know that. There we go. So, cool. I guess we can. I can. We can wrap up with the, with some news. Yeah. You, what uh, are those things you wanted to talk about? Yeah, let's me. see what we got. So, we're, as we said, we have the Filks episode coming up. We have Princess and the Queen. And this week, I'm recording with Jason Walden from FFG for the board game. So that'll come out shortly. So what are you what are you guys talking about? Is is there only one board game? I feel like there's fifty. There's the well, yeah. There's the main board game that we you were in that episode ninety two with us. So we'll, yep. talk, we'll talk about that briefly, and then Jason actually Jason's the one who designed two print on demand expansions that you can just you just order and it sends you the cards and you can play. It's like a variant. One of them is a Dance with Dragons variant. So you play like it's a Dance with Dragons okay. timeline, and then the other one is a four player Feast for Crows expansion where you play like in that timeline, the Feast for Crows, and it's a little bit different, but with the same base board. So there's one base board game and two variant slash expansions to add on to it very cool yeah and in fact there's there there is another di- whole different type of war game which i haven't played and we won't cover but there is like a strategic war game where you play with all these like actual like little troops and you can like play like risk yeah kind of well no um not no, actually see, the, the board game that i talked about is more like risk because you have territories and you take them right but okay. this strategic battle one is you, you you do specific battles like you can do you can do like edmure's battle i think like at the ford you have like that's the battle you just do that one battle for the whole game you have the troops and you fight over the river or you have like the battle of the black water okay a specific battle rather than like when you play risk you have like a hundred battles right because you're not like looking at this one you have like all the troops you have the leaders you have like gregor or you have taiwan or whatever and you play it out so you do you need to build like i mean do you need to buy like different figures for different battles like when you do battle of Blackwater, do you need to buy like the ship expansion Exactly. Yeah. I think there's like you buy the base game that has a couple of the houses and troops, and then there's a couple expand. You can buy like the Blackwater one where it adds like the map for the Blackwater and you play it. So I think there's like a couple of those ones. But uh, yeah, there's a couple expansions that, that I, don't, I don't know if they have ships, but they add like the terrain and the system, or maybe like the ship bridge. I haven't actually played it, although I've seen it when I was at Days of Ice and Fire. It looked pretty awesome. Just imagine like having a big battle map, but it has like trees and troops and river and stuff, so you can actually just recreate the battle. Wow. There. Fancy. But it is more of a niche game than the board game because you have to really be into that kind of strategic wargaming. Okay. But it's out there. And you are? I am, but I don't have it yet. So. <laughs> well, Christmas <laughs> yeah. is coming up, right? Say, Christmas is coming up. So. <laughs> in terms of Christmas, for people doing their holiday shopping, we do have Amazon and other referral links up in, in, our, in our podcast store, which you, which you can feel free to use because it doesn't cost anything to use yeah. them. but doesn't cost anything, but it just sends a, a small percentage to us. So yeah. if you feel like supporting us, please click on our link before you do your Amazon holiday shopping. Cool. And what else? We, have? we also have, as I mentioned, I'm in the Supreme Court of Westeros. And we've booked many judges and, and uh, losing some listeners coming up for that. So I'll post a link to that. Okay. Hopefully you and Mimi and Ashley will show up sometime. That's good. Yeah. On the- um, I, since you were talking about the game, let me ask you, what do you think about telltale games making a game of thrones game oh yeah i heard about that yeah i i think you probably know about that more than me i mean i think it's cool that they're taking another shot at game at the gaming like in the computer this is in the computer i guess or is it in tell uh, no it, it should be for every system it should be for console and uh, pc as far as i understand okay because that's the one area that we, i mean they've made games but in care like the board games and the card games have been top of the tier but we've been lacking a really top tier, you know, computer or console game. So do you think this this could have a chance to be that? Well, the thing about the Telltale games and what they've done in the past, I know with um, The Walking Dead, 
which, which I haven't played, but I've seen played a little bit, and I'm hoping to play it myself, is that um, they basi- it, Telltale Games basically boils down to point-and-click adventures, hmm. which saying that sounds terrible, but they tell such an amazing story that, um, I mean, Walking Dead was up for like every Best Game nomination um, last year. Um, through Telltale Games. So if you want like a story-driven adventure, these guys are going to do it. A story is what we have. I mean, it's the story that makes this so great. So yeah. that's... So I'm really looking forward to it because, because um, yeah, it just uh, The Walking Dead was... Everyone that I've talked to has played it. Just um, extremely powerful story. I know my roommate said he actually cried while he was playing it. And oh. uh, so, um, yeah, um, I think... Uh, I think they could really make something wonderful with this world and this story. So um, I did hear that it's going to be um, based in the show universe and not the mm. book universe. So there's uh, there's one thing for you diehard book fans um, against you. Uh, one one check against you. <laughs> I wonder if but, they, uh, there'll be people who get introduced to the books and the show from the game. Probably will be. Like That'll be their first experience. Oh, I'm sure there will be. I'm sure there will be. Every medium you go into with a, with a property just just increases the fan base, mm. I believe. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think uh, I think they could make a really wonderful product. You're talking about uh, other mediums. I got the uh, graphic novel from the library. <laughs> oh, yeah? I've been reading through it. I mean, I'm, you know, eventually, hopefully, we'll get our review copies, but until then... I got it from the library. Um, <laughs> it's pretty cool. I mean, like uh, some people don't like the way, the artistic style, but I, what I found is interesting. They actually have the uh, aching loin scene with Caitlin and Ned. Oh, and really? They, yeah, they do. And then and then it's like all they're all covered, and then suddenly it's like, oh, they're not covered. So this is actually for adults. <laughs> oh, really? There's, yeah, there's you get the Caitlin like the shrugs the the sheets aside thing, and Ned's like, what are you doing? <laughs> what so, are you doing? So Ned Ned looks like a hobo in it. So. <laughs> Like a fit hobo. He looks like a fit hobo? Yeah, it's like, Ned, get a haircut, man. Just unshaven? Yeah. Gotcha. (laughs) I I thought it was was cool. Like, And there must be people who got into it from that medium as well. Absolutely. Okay. Speaking Um, of the graphic novel, I I met the the artist who does the covers mm. at uh, Kamikaze this year. And uh, we briefly chatted. I took his information, which I'm trying to find right now. Cool. Um, and told him uh, I might be in contact. Maybe we can have him on. He's the gentleman who did the famous uh, Trident battle with. Oh, is that Mike S. Miller? I think. Let's see. Uh, is that is that who it is? Uh, he, if you're listed with Robert standing over with the war hammer and the yeah. giant antlered helmet and. Um, Cover series by Art Ross and Mike S. Miller. I think it's Mike S. Miller. Yeah. Okay. I think I think I invited. Him. I mean, he's a cool guy, and I've been con- at the time. This is a few years ago. I invited him, but apparently he has like five kids, and he's really busy with like, yeah. stuff. <laughs> He had so. some kids there as well. Yeah. So that's why um, he couldn't come at that point, but maybe he can. Uh, but yeah, we chatted a bit, and uh, he seemed like a cool dude, so took his info, and maybe we, uh, we'll get to chat with him some more. Oh, here yeah. he is. Yeah, Mike Mike S. Miller, exactly. I'd be up for that. Let's give him an invite again. See if so, he's up. Yeah. Uh, one final announcement I wanted to mention, a friend of ours, you know Stefan from Boy Mother. Yep. For people who are really into the TV show, particularly season three, he's actually written an ebook, uh, it is known, and where he analyzes season three, deconstructed. I know some like some people are. It's, there's a split in our fandom, right? People who love it, people who don't like it in the medium middle area. Okay. But in the middle area, or people who like, I mean, I think he also criticizes it at times. But he's written an ebook, so we'll put that out because apparently I haven't read this part yet. But M- Mimi has a short story in in the ebook, 
Oh, okay. Apparently Mimi's been writing short stories and then the Buddha like publications that did a Flight of Sorrows. Uh, and it's going to do uh, him for spring. Has been putting is going to be putting Mimi's short stories one in each book or something. And so this one has a short story for Mimi. I haven't read it yet, and I'll have oh, to ask wow. when she's back. But uh, she's doing her short story writing now, which is interesting. Very cool. So, yeah, she's a talented writer. So yeah, Let's get it. she is. Yeah, very neat. Well, that was my flood of announcements. I don't have anything else. I guess. <laughs> but... No, I don't have anything else to say. Uh, anything else to add? So. Good chatting with you, Mean. Yeah, good chatting with you. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Um, as always, make sure you guys stay uh, stay in touch with us on Twitter at APOIAF, on Facebook, um, and uh, keep up the conversation on our forums. And uh, please partake in our uh, Filk Christmas Filk episode. So go on the forums, check that out, join the group, sing along, uh, do what you're going to do, and... Uh, Thanks, you guys, so much for listening. We'll see you next time. See you next time. quick episode i think there we go just under an hour yeah cool i guess that's that's that then like we'll be in touch when are you leaving then for your vacation uh i'm going home on sunday and i'm gonna be home for three weeks but uh so i'm gonna be out and about and around and this and that so um okay we'll try to schedule it good awesome good times yeah Yeah, so scheduling for me it may be um it's either going to be extremely difficult or extremely easy because I've got three weeks with no set plans. So yeah. I can pretty much do whatever I want. Cool. Yeah, yeah. it's just those two, the two episodes and the Christmas Filk one and the Princess and the Queen. Those are the two I'd like to record. See you, man. All right, I mean, you take care. Yeah. How do I sound? Sounds reasonable. Keep talking. Reasonable. Okay. Um, yeah, I uh, I'm going away for um, uh, I'm going home for the holidays, so I'm not going to have all my equipment with me um, mm. starting next week. So uh, I just wanted to test this out and see if this was uh, doable. Good. 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 We still have that Tyrion book to review, right? Yeah, I want to do that when we can get the four of us, and whenever we have like the four of us together, because we all have copies. Okay. Okay. I, can't I mean, uh, today I'll, I will mention, like during news, we'll mention Princess and the Queen. I don't know if you've read it. Uh, I haven't read it yet, but I, I plan on. Definitely plan to, yeah. But I'll, like, I'll mention that like I liked it, and that we'll, we're going to do an episode eventually. Yeah. So that's when I hopefully we'll have all four, at least if Ashley's interested. Ashley doesn't seem to be interested in, in super long podcasts anymore. Okay, but but at least three of us would be there. I don't know if she's interested in that work. Hopefully she is. I mean, yeah. I mean, everybody's been raving about it. So, yeah. <clears throat> all right. You got topics. You got stuff to do. You yeah, notes. Let me, uh, did that? Did my voice change at all? It lagged for a second, or something happened. Yeah. Okay. All right. I should be back now. Um, yeah, I want to try and do a whole one on this. Just okay. To... Let's do that.
Yeah. Cool. So that because uh, I was just gonna send you the uh, spreadsheet link. I mean, it doesn't matter. I will I will read stuff at the end of the show that has different notes. Uh, like for example, like the the Podrick's plight art thing. We can mention that at the end. So okay. The theories and things. So I will bring those up. But the thing at the start, I, like we can bring up is Princess and the Queen. Um, just that it's out and that we'll be doing an episode. You want to do the intro for this one again, since I'll be doing one uh, here at Speak, anyways. Uh, sure. So this is going to be. 127 for the week of December 8th, 2013. Episode, what is it? 127? Yep. Oh, God. The, can you hear that weed whacker? Yeah. I oh, yeah. Decide, I just decided to show up right now. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 127 for week of. Oh, good God. He's got usually out there like that. Pretty closest thing. I'll figure this out. He shows up right when we were going to start. Okay. Um, wonderful. <laughs> Perfect timing. Um, I don't know how long he's going to be out there. Um, can you still hear that in the background? Let's see. It went away. All right. Episode 127 for the week of December. When's this coming out? 8th. Is the, it'll be this week. So. Okay. All right. Want to just jump into it? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Game of Thrones. Nice. So, don't they already have? There, there haven't been card games for Song of Ice and Fire yet. There have been actually. Actually, almost ten years when they started, they they revamped it a couple of years ago, and uh, it's been out for. Just haven't I haven't had it till now. Are you only in that one room, or is there another room you can go to? Well, I can't really, because my roommate's... Oh, yeah, he's there. Oh, falling okay. down a bit, which is good. I'm podcasting! Thanks. We have two Mossad agents in place. Oh, Homeland. Okay. He's watching TV. I can kind of go in the kitchen. That's actually better in the kitchen, I think. Let's see. All right. Okay. 